Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So that was a strange call you got today. Yeah, it was it was spectacular. I don't think I've ever had a creepy, kind of pervy, heavy breathing, sketchy phone call before. <laughs> I was just sitting there, get closing down my laptop. We were leaving the office, and she gets this phone call, and she says, "Oh, this is Anaheim. This is going to be interesting because we get a lot of scam calls from an Anaheim." She picked it up and tell them what you tell them what happened. It was like heavy breathing. And there was like a TV in the background. And I was like, hey, you, heavy breather. I can hear your TV. But they just kept heavy (laughs) breathing at me. Weird. So what happened? Did you end up hanging up or did they hang up on you? I hung up. I got bored of listening to them breathe. (laughs) Maybe they need help from our guest that we have tonight. Want to introduce Dr. John McGrail. He's a renowned hypnotherapist, self-improvement expert, and spirituality teacher who lives by and teaches a very simple precept that I love life is supposed to be fun. He's helped thousands of clients and students from all walks of life create personal change, growth transformation in their lives, utilizing the power of their minds and personal energy. Dr. John is a leading media expert on personal growth. His writing and expertise have been featured in numerous national and international print and online publications. He's a frequent guest expert on radio, podcasts, and television. His book, The Synthesis Effect from Career Press, has garnered rave review. So welcome to the show, Dr. John. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for taking the time to be here with us. We really appreciate it. I understand, you know, you're an expert on hypnotherapy. Tell me what that entailed to get to that point. What did you have to go through? Well, it's interesting because hypnotherapy is one of the least regulated helping therapies in existence. And frankly, in most states, it's not licensed or there is no requirement for a minimum amount of training or nor do you have to display competence of any sort. So you could go through a, a weekend course and call yourself a hypnotherapist. Now, that said, there are also really fine schools out there. And the, the college that I went to was uh, called the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, which was a year program. And It was the first federally accredited college of hypnotherapy in the country for many years. It was the only one. So that was my initial training, which got me my my first certification. And then after about two and a half years of private practice, I enrolled in a PhD program, which took another three and a half years of study and got my PhD in clinical hypnotherapy, which is also pretty rare. There aren't very many programs out there. In fact, the one I was in is gone because it, it just wasn't popular enough. But anyway, yeah, total of for me about four and a half years of training and then 17 years of private practice. So I've been doing it for quite a while, but that's what it took to get me where I am today. What inspired you to to go down that path? 
Well, it's a really sort of a long story, but to try to make it as brief as possible, I reached a crossroad in my professional career. I've had the pleasure of, of several careers. I was a military pilot, an airline pilot. I had my own production company. I was in film and TV for many years in various capacities, including making a living as an actor. And my last corporate job went away during the dot-com crash of, in 2001, and I suddenly found myself unemployed. And it was one of those moments in life where you just have a chance to say, you know, what am I going to do next? Am I going to dust off my resume and go be somebody else's VP of production? Am I going to go back to my acting career, which was out off the table because that's just not feasible after six years away? And I realized that in all the jobs and positions I'd ever had, the one thing that I loved about any of them was that I always have been drawn into being an instructor and a mentor and a coach. And that's really, really what I got most pleasure from is teaching and coaching and mentoring people. So I started looking at all the different possibilities that would allow me to do that. I looked at conventional psychology, getting a PhD, naturopathic medicine, divinity school, and, and you name it. And then I remembered that when I had gone through a very big transition in my life several years prior, I used the services of a hypnotherapist, a brilliant woman who helped me literally transform my life in a matter of a couple of months. And I remembered the school she went to almost at the same time I saw an ad in the LA Times advertising the school. And it, you know, it was kind of like a light bulb went off. So I, I called them, went up, met them, took their tests and found out that I would be a very good fit for the profession. And that was sort of the end of it. I knew I had found my home. Awesome. What, what exactly can hypnotherapy do for a person? Well, it can help a person make virtually any kind of behavioral, emotional change that they're looking for. The beautiful thing about hypnosis is that it is simply a state of consciousness and everything in our reality, our entire life is controlled by the mind. And so we work across the spectrum of human behavior from helping people build self-confidence to getting over fears and phobias. Uh, today, my biggest caseload is uh, chronic stress and anxiety. Seems like everybody in our society is stressed and anxious. I work with that all the time. And I can work with clients from age 7 to 85. If there's something holding you back from life, whether it's a habit or a pattern or a behavior or a limiting belief about yourself, like I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve, hypnosis and hypnotherapy can help facilitate making the change into what it is you'd like. And that combined with a lot of the other tools and techniques, including my, my synthesis process, works really, really well. So pretty much if you're not psychotic or organically brain damaged, hypnotherapy can be helpful. Well, what's the mechanism by which it helps inspire that change? Well, the easiest way to describe it is that, as I said, it's a natural state of consciousness. When we're in hypnosis, and by the way, we all do hypnosis every day. Anytime you watch a movie or TV show and feel emotions or feelings, you're actually in a, in a state of hypnosis. Or when you daydream, zone out on the freeway and you miss your exit. Those are naturally hypnotic moments. When we induce that state of consciousness on purpose and we bring it to a much deeper level, it opens the mind up. It makes the mind amenable to suggestions for change. We are hardwired as a species to resist change. It's called homeostasis. Human beings, even though we want to make a change that we know would be good for us and we'd be happier and we'll feel better and we'll make more money or whatever it is, it's really hard to get out of the familiar. And that's just in our DNA. Hypnosis opens the mind. It creates an open receptive state of mind, a state of mind that's receptive to new possibilities. The way I like to describe it, metaphorically anyway, is it's like your subconscious mind is like a computer. Once it's programmed with its patterns, it'll play those programs over and over 
and over again. And if you want the computer to act differently, you have to take off the buggy software and install better software. And hypnosis, if you will, allows us to get into the computer, the subconscious mind, where all our behaviors and patterns come from, most of them, and reprogram the computer. That's the easiest way to think about it. That's interesting. You see a lot of things on television and movies about hypnosis. Tell me how those things are sometimes correct and how they're far from correct. Well, in my experience, the use of hypnosis in series or dramatic shows is almost always hyperbolic and inaccurate. You cannot make anybody do or say or think anything they wouldn't want to. So when you see in a, in a, a B movie or in a TV show, someone hypnotizes somebody to go out and kill somebody, that's just not going to happen unless that person already had the propensity to kill somebody. You can't make someone go jump off a building unless they would normally jump off a building. It just doesn't work that way. But it does help facilitate facilitate changes that we want. As I often tell people, and I do a lot of keynotes and motivational speeches, and you know, the subject of hypnosis and hypnotherapy always comes up because everybody's interested in it and they're curious about it. And I say to people, if I could make people do what I want them to do, this would be a very, very different world. I'd be the most benevolent ruler of the planet that ever lived. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> so most of what you see on TV is unfortunately bunk. It plays to the myths of hypnosis that we can take someone's mind over, that we can make them our minions, and that it's simply not not true. But is it a very powerful tool? Yes, it is. It's also a state of consciousness, as we all know, that can be used for entertainment because it's simply a state of consciousness. A lot of people uh, see a stage show and they see these people on stage doing all these zany things and they say, oh my God, they certainly must have been taken over because who in their right mind would do that? What they seem to forget is that in a stage show, the first question a stage hypnotist asks is, who wants to come up and play? Raise your hand. And the hands go up. And of those people, he or she knows there will be a certain percentage that have the ability of going into a very deep state of hypnotic trance very quickly. And of course, a trained hypnotist knows how to do that. And those are the people that end up on stage. So one, they want to be in the show. Two, they have the ability of going into a deep state of hypnosis very quickly, and they will happily do those zany things because they want to be in the show. <laughs> it's as simple as that. That's funny. I, I think That's you've awesome. disappointed a little. I think you've actually disappointed a lot of our listeners who were hoping you would say that you could control other people do, but you're right. It, it makes sense. It, it reminds me of not to um, be insulting, but it kind of reminds me of what people think about psychics. You know, the people that really believe in psychics, they think that, oh, they can tell me the lottery numbers. But if you think about it, if they could tell you the lottery numbers, they could just pick the lottery numbers themselves and go do it. Well, if you could control people, you're right. You could be the leader of the entire world, making everybody do exactly what you want and living the way you want them to live. Probably, depending on the person, that's a good or a bad thing, right? Well, some people probably would welcome that, that leadership or that control. But yeah, the truth of the matter is that you cannot. But, and this is a state of consciousness that has been in use as a therapeutic tool for over 7,000 years. The ancient Egyptians had sleep temples where they would actually go for healing. There's nothing new to it. There's nothing mysterious about it. It comes and goes in popularity. It is re-entering the mainstream because it's being clinically tested now. And now we have clinical, scientific, hard evidence that it is an effective methodology for creating many behavioral, emotional, even physical changes. I work with cancer patients. I work with people with, you know, the, uh, those crazy autoimmune diseases like IBS and Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, all those diseases respond poorly to the allopathic medical model, our normal medical model, because they have a stress component and an emotional component to them that medicine pills just cannot address. But when you use hypnotherapy in addition to those medications, and sometimes instead of, the results are, are sometimes astounding. I've had people get over IBS in two or three weeks because we're addressing 
the cause, not just the symptom. And the cause is always in the mind. And if people just think of hypnosis as a state of consciousness that opens the mind to possibilities, that's pretty much it. How does it, this hypnosis at all relate to meditation? It relates very favorably to meditation. You know, they're very similar feeling states. And I use meditation with almost every single client. In fact, every single client I work with because the two states, meditation and hypnosis, actually affect different parts of the brain. But they work well together. Hypnosis creates a state of consciousness that addresses the neocortex, which is where most of our instinctive and habitual behaviors come from. Meditation helps us take those acute changes that we've made after we've sort of reprogrammed the subconscious mind, and it helps us maintain those changes systemically. So those two activities are very, very complementary. We use hypnotherapy to create the change, and then we use meditation to maintain it. So they're beautiful, and they feel very similar, even though they affect different parts of the brain. I absolutely knew my mind was going to get blown today, again. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> so there's a synergy between the two, which makes sense to me, because when you started talking about stress and using you know hypnotherapy to deal with stress, that's pretty much what people suggest meditation for. You know, start out in kind of a quiet your mind down type of thing, but... Are there people who are just naturally not able to benefit from hypnotherapy? Yes, there is a very, very small percentage of the population at large that either will not allow themselves to experience that state of consciousness or for whatever reason cannot, even though they may want to. But I can tell you over the 17 years that I've been in private practice and I've worked with thousands of people, in all of my clients, I've only had one person that literally would not allow himself to go into the state. Every time he started shifting, he would get scared and bring himself back out. Now, I also have to say that that was early in my practice. And if I had that guy in today, I think I could probably help him get in because I'm much better than I was 13 years ago. And of course, the people that come to see a hypnotherapist, the people that come to see me want to experience hypnosis because they want to change whatever it is in their lives. So they're much more amenable, even if they're cynical, they're amenable to letting their minds make that shift. I have to say this again, every normal human brain experiences moments of hypnosis every single day. When we watch a good movie, when we, when we daydream, when we fall asleep at night, we're awake, we're aware, we close our eyes, and then we go through this transition into unconscious sleep. Right before actual sleep is what we would call or associate with a deep hypnotic state. You're not quite asleep and you're not fully awake, you're sort of in between and then you fall asleep. And hypnotherapy will take you to that level, but we don't let you fall asleep. And that's when the mind really opens to new possibilities. And so I take it the skill there is bringing people to just to that edge of that where they're about to fall asleep, but keeping them from going that far. Yes, that's part of the skill. And as I often say, there is an art and a science to this. I can teach anybody the science. The art comes from a lot of things. It comes from experience. It comes from training. It also comes from intuition and just sort of a, an intuitive sense, if you will, of what to do and when to do it. And when you have someone that knows the science cold and has developed the art, that's when it becomes a very, very powerful modality for changing your life. Is it true that people can stop, learn to stop smoking through hypnotherapy? Yeah, my smoking cessation program is a one session program. There, there's some prep work that I have the client go through, including an interview so that I can understand their personal dynamics around 
the tobacco habit because the personal dynamics are really what the addiction's about. It's not the nicotine. That's easy to get over. The behavioral and emotional dynamics. So once I understand where those uh, dynamics are, I can craft a customized session, which I do for every client. It's a single two-hour session, which is a double session. Most sessions are an hour. And that's it. One session, they are non-smokers. I offer a lifetime guarantee with that program. That's amazing. That, that is, is truly amazing. amazing. Because people struggle with so many different methods to to quit smoking and they just fail miserably. Uh, and I, I think you're right. I mean, I think, well, I don't think, I know you're right. I think that people, people think that the nicotine addiction is the hard part, but reality is with a little bit of a willpower, you can get through that. I think there's a whole bunch of other underlying reasons why people smoke and sounds like hypnotherapy addresses those issues. That's exactly correct. The nicotine addiction itself. Now, the big pharma would love to have you believe, and of course you see the commercials all the time, that without their pills or their patches <laughs> or their gums, you can't get over the nicotine addiction. All that does is prolong the nicotine addiction. It just continues it. You're just taking the nicotine in another form. But yeah, nicotine addiction for most people. Now, there might be a very, very small, small percentage of people that are so sensitive to it that they would really have a hard time with withdrawal. But for most people, within 72 to 96 hours, the drug is out of your system, which means that any cravings you have after that are emotionally based. And think about why we smoke. We smoke when we're stressed. We smoke when we're happy. We smoke when we're sad. We smoke when we want to relax. We smoke when we need a break. So it weaves its way into the very fabric of our behavior every day. Those are the dynamics that you have to address. If you address the those dynamics and you know how to do it, then it can become virtually painless. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be some cravings, but I give all my clients the tools and techniques they use to destroy any cravings. And we put it both in the conscious and, of course, the much more powerful subconscious mind. And the key to it, and actually the key to anything we do with hypnotherapy, is that the client really has to want to make the change, whatever it is, whether it's quit smoking or lose weight or get over a fear or a phobia or build self-esteem or self-confidence or perform better. I work with a lot of athletes and actors and writers to help them get to a higher level of performance. Regardless of what it is, the, the number one requirement is they have to want it and they have to be willing to commit to the work. That's, that's one thing that is a big misconception about hypnotherapy. People think it's magic. Come in, tap me on the head, put me in a trance and boom, I'm a different person. That's not the case at all. There's work involved. All my clients get homework. It's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of time. But if you don't reinforce the new dynamics, they can't stick. The mind, the mind, the human mind needs repetition and reinforcement in order to create a new pattern. That's, that's crazy. What's some of the mo more difficult situations that you've had to deal with? Well, People with severe phobias are can be difficult or can be really easy. You never really know because it's so severe, it really cripples them from living their lives the way they want to. And I'm, I've certainly had some challenges uh, with chronically anxious people, although for the most part, anxious, I've, I've become an expert on treating anxiety now just because I've seen so much of it in the last five years. It's 90% of my caseload today, which was not the case five or 10 years ago, are people that are chronically anxious. So those can be, those can be challenging. And the ones that really think that they're going to be magically transformed formed. And when it doesn't happen instantly, they're disappointed. And then they either don't want to do the work, which means a few more sessions or for whatever reason, they give up on themselves. Those are the toughest cases. But truthfully, after this much time and, and the number of people I've seen, there really aren't too many that are that are that difficult if I have a client that's committed. And I, I try to pre-screen all my new clients to make sure that they understand what they're getting themselves into and they really want to do the work. And when that happens, it seems magical because it can happen so quickly. Most of my clients are with me from you know two to five sessions and they're done. They've completely changed whatever it was in their life that was bothering them, and now they're out there thriving. It's, it, it is amazing to see what the mind can do when it's given the proper guidance.
I want to make a point about the power of the mind in a broader sense. I'm going to get to that. But in order to do that, I want to give a comparison. Victoria and I have a doctor that we go to who is very, he's younger and he's very willing to try you know, new therapies. He's one of these doctors who he'll say to you, here's what I would normally give you, but I have this other thing over here and here's the advantages to using this other thing over the normal thing that I'd give you. And as an example, I'll give you, I had a a problem with headaches in the back of my neck and he said, I can give you this um, stuff that has lidocaine in it and you can put that on there because I think it's, you know, nerve related. Or I can give you this CBD roll-on. Now, of course, you know, medical doctor and CBD kind of don't go together because (laughs) the government hasn't really said that it works or doesn't work. I can tell you it does work. Why is it that things like law of attraction is very much about, um, you know, using the energy in your mind to achieve different things? Obviously, with hypnosis, you're using the power of the mind as well to heal people. Of And I use the word heal very liberally. I mean, even someone who's smoking, I think that's healing them. Why is it that it's not more prevalent and widespread in society that people um, just routine? Because I have a feeling if, someone, if I were to say to someone, hey, I'm going to my hypnotherapy appointment, they'd probably look at me like I was crazy. So why is that? Well, there are a lot of reasons. But first, what you touched on is really important. First of all, we are nothing more than energy machines. That's what the the entire universe is made of energy. It's all the same stuff. It takes different forms. Human beings are energy processors, as are all living creatures. And all our energy gets processed through our mind. We create our own reality. The law of attraction is a universal law. So all of that stuff you mentioned is absolutely very important. Nothing happens in your in your body or in your psyche that doesn't get processed by your mind, number one. Now, why is it such is it considered such an alternative form of healing? By the way, I don't heal them. They heal themselves. I just guide them through the process. It's important to mention that. Makes sense. But I think a lot of it has to do, and and this is a big part of my book, The Synthesis Effect, because I actually researched this. I think when we separated science from spirituality back in the Great Enlightenment, people said, okay, you know what? We're going to start looking at hard science. It's not God that controls everything. So they separated religion from science. They forgot that religion and spirituality are different. And so we began to separate ourselves from the concept of the fact that we are spiritual beings in a physical body, which is what the primitive peoples of the world world, the indigenous peoples are all about. So we forgot the fact that we are energy processors and we got very empirical in our thinking. Along the way, we began to discover these drugs and the allopathic medical model was formed. And of course, over the the, the last several hundred years, last 200 years especially, we've gotten to the place where if you have a pain, you take a pill. And the truth of the matter is the pharmaceutical companies that are making billions and billions and billions of dollars don't want the medical model to change. But we now have clinical evidence that that when you combine the mind and body in a healing program and treat not just the symptoms with medication, but the causes, which is always in the mind, we heal faster, we heal more quickly, we heal more thoroughly, and you have a healthier human being. I just think it's Western culture. We have evolved into a culture that wants instant gratification and we want the solutions now. So if I can take a pill and feel better, good, I'm going to do that. But am I addressing the cause? I, I That's my belief is that it's just a, it's a cultural phenomenon. And because of that. And because hypnosis has come in and out of popularity, and listen, we've been doing it since we became human beings. And there are some animals that go into trance-like states. So there's nothing mysterious about it. But if you can't prove it, and now of course we are, in the old days, they couldn't prove that it worked. 
If I can't prove it, if you can't show me, I'm not going to believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. If you look at the indigenous <laughs> peoples of the world, they think exactly the opposite way. They believe in order to see. And what we're finding, ironically, through hard science is that that's the way manifestation occurs. Whether you're manifesting health or you're manifesting illness, it doesn't matter. What you think is what you create. That, and there we bring back the law of attraction. But now we have the science behind it. That's kind of a long-winded answer to a simple question, but it's really complex. But it's very interesting because I, I can... I'll go back to the CBD example. My two teenagers, they run cross country and they always complain when right around this time of the year, they're starting their training for cross country. And they both of them always complain about, you know, my ankles hurt, my thighs hurt, my calf muscles hurt. And interestingly, my daughter is a big like, you know, naysayer about most natural things. She seems to think that the only thing that will actually work is chemical medicine, right? And my son, though, has a very open mind. He'll try anything that you tell. If you tell him, if he respects you and you tell him it's going to work, he's going to give it a try. And we tried it with both of them. And my daughter insists that the CBD does not make her feel any better. But my son, within an hour, will say, oh, my gosh, look. And you can physically see the difference in how he's walking, etc. So it tells me what you say to yourself in your brain is going to affect how well these natural remedies work in reality, which which ultimately backs up exactly what you say. Everything is coming from your mind and your ability to overcome the stiffness, soreness, etc. It's all about your mind. And I'm sure the CBD, I'm sure it has its positive effects just naturally. But I think she convinces herself that it didn't work. Because she's expecting that instant gratification that you get. You have a headache, you take a Tylenol, and within like 15 minutes, you're starting to feel better. She's looking for that, and she's not getting that. And that's an, it was when you were talking about that, I made that connection. It's sort of interesting to me. Oh, I find it absolutely fascinating. The clinical studies that, that have been done on what's called the placebo effect are just amazing. You can give people a medication and you can give the other control group sugar pills and the people that took the sugar pills get just as better as the people who took the medication because they believe and expect that they're going to get better. In fact, there are studies that show, well, not studies, but it has been documented that big pharma, and listen, I have nothing against drugs. I, I take medication when it's appropriate, but big pharma actually lobbied the U.S. government to obviate the need for clinical trials because they were finding that the control groups, the people that got the sugar pills, were getting just as better and healing, and they had just as high a percentage of efficacy as the people who got the drug. And so it's all about expectation. If you expect to get better, you tend to get better. And we have thousands of cases out there where people have been diagnosed with terminal diseases and they said, go get your affairs in order. There's nothing we can do. You are toast. You have six weeks or six months to live. And for whatever reason, that that individual said, you know what? I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to buy into that. And they have literally willed themselves better through the power of their mind. And it's amazing that when we accept and embrace the fact that we, in fact, create our own reality, it's not a happy thing for some people because their reality feels very painful. But when we embrace the fact that we are creating it, that means we have now given ourselves the power to change it. And most people, again, getting back to where we started, most people need a little assistance to make those changes because of the homeostasis that the human mind clings to. There's a mechanism in our mind that resists change. But when you embrace the possibility and you get the right assistance, it is astounding what can happen, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. It is astounding what the human, what we humans can do. I don't doubt that at all. My own mother, when I was 15, she was diagnosed with emphysema and the doctor told her she had six months to live. At the time, you know, I come from a, from a family where I have one sibling who's 18 years older than me, another sibling who's 
10 years older than me and then there's me. And my mom, at one point after like two years, my mom told me, I want to see my grandchildren from you. That's why I'm fighting this. And mind you, I was two years in. So she's already quadruple what they said. She actually lived until I was 26. And ironically, she passed away exactly one month after my first child was born. And I've always told people that the reason she lived for the 12 more years or the 11 more years was that very reason. She wanted to meet that grandchild and she did. There was no longer any real, you know, motivation for her to, to hang on any longer. It's amazing what the brain can do when you put your mind to it. I just saw something that a friend wrote and he said, the terrible situation that you guys are in right now, I'm going to tell you, you put yourself there. You put yourself there, you can also take yourself out. And I agree with that. I think people, they talk themselves into these bad situations. And they don't realize that if they could talk themselves into it, they can talk themselves out of it as well. <laughs> right. Not only do they talk themselves into it, they allow themselves to be talked into it by mass culture and society. You know, we are a society that embraces negativity, unfortunately. And human beings evaluate their life experiences through a very simple concept. It's contrast, good, bad, happy, sad, pain, pleasure. It's basically positive or negative, day and night, 24-7 by negativity, which is essentially what our mass media does. I think we are... We, we think 80,000 thoughts a day. The average human mind thinks 80,000 thoughts a day. And again, through studies, we found out that most of, about 87% of those thoughts tend to be negative and they tend to be self-deprecating. That's just how Western culture has sort of uh, programmed us to be. But you can flip that around. It's, and it's amazing when people, as I said, when they embrace the fact that we are the cause of our reality rather than we are the at the effect of what's happening to us, then you're in the ballpark. There's a, there's a great book that I would recommend to anybody listening, beside my own, of course, uh, by, a, by a fellow named Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he wrote a book called You Are the Placebo. And he was injured in a motorcycle accident when he was a young man. And he, he broke his spine in nine or nine different places. And they said, you're never going to walk again, you're toast. And there was nothing they could do surgically or whatever. And so he spent several months lying on his stomach. And he's one of those people that said, you know what, I'm not going to accept this. And he literally did these meditations every single day, nonstop, and his back healed completely. That changed his life, as you might imagine. And he spent the rest of his life sort of exploring this mind-body connection and the power of the mind. So for anybody that, that, that wants the documentation, I would recommend that book. It's called You Are the Placebo by Joe uh, Dispenza. And of course, my book, which I'll get to talk about a little bit later, I think is in a very similar vein. It's, it's different, but it's just amazing what we have proven clinically now about the power of the mind. And that book is, is mind-blowing. It really is. That is amazing. I, I'll make sure to add those things to the show notes when this episode airs. Probably going to want to wrap up here. So why don't you tell us about your book and then let the listeners know where and how to find you. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. It's been a delight and we just scratched the surface. But my book is called The Synthesis Effect, Your Direct Path to Personal Power and Transformation. It is the product of 35 years of studying a variety of disciplines, philosophies, and sciences, plus my 17 years in practice as a hypnotherapist. And I've developed some models and techniques that can help pretty much anybody go through the process of changing their life. And that's what the book was written for. It's in a very casual, friendly style. It's like having a session with me. And I introduce the process as you actually start using the process. And along the way, there's a lot of humor 
and I share stories of clients that have gone through what the readers are going through. Everyday people just like you and me that have transformed their lives completely. As far as reaching me, uh, I'm reachable through my websites. I have two. One is easy, drjohnmcgrail.com. My name, Dr. John McGrail, DR. And then uh, if you're more interested in the hypnotherapy side of things, hypnotherapylosangeles.com. All one word spelled out. My phone numbers are on both sites. You can reach me by phone. You can reach me by email. And if anybody reaches out and they have questions, I always offer free consultations. There's never any obligation. And if you're interested in changing your life, if I can't help you, and I have clients literally all over the world because of technology like this, if I can't help you, I can certainly get you steered in the right direction. And I'm happy to do that. And there's never any obligation to work with me. I also have a series of products for do-it-yourselfers for sale on my websites for quitting smoking and losing weight, sleeping better, which is a big problem, and uh, just general well-being. But I'm easily reachable and I always uh, supply a personal response. If someone reaches out to me, you won't hear from my people. You will hear from me directly. That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you being here and I would love to have you back on again another time we can continue to discuss hypnotherapy because like Victoria said, it's interesting to me that the last two guests that we've had in a row, you know, one was talking about law of attraction and then you're talking about hypnotherapy. There's similarities between the two, but it's stuff that people, they don't know anything about. I find it, it's kind of disconcerting because like I said, I feel like something that can help you without the need for drugs. I think it's essential. Like someone like me, I have I have blood pressure issues, but worse than that, my liver doesn't tolerate med- long-term medication. It's so much better to be able to use some sort of natural approach to dealing with the problems, but even better than that, I feel like medicines just cover up the issues, whereas what you're talking about doing is helping somebody actually heal themselves and keep it away at bay. Absolutely. And I would love to come back because we, as I said, we just scratched the surface. This is all related and uh, it's been a great time. I really, really appreciate your, your having me. So anytime you want me back, you let me know and we'll do it. We'll dive in further. Great. Yeah, I'll, I will definitely reach out to you for that. And I, and I strongly suggest listeners head over to Amazon and find his book. I already looked it up myself synthesis effect your direct path to personal power and transformation it's available in kindle and paperback so that's i strongly recommend you do that because we like to support the people who support us and come on our show please listeners help them out with that and i think you'll definitely benefit because as i said we're in a culture where we you got a headache pop a pill you know you got this pop another pill it has something something else hurts pop another pill and it just gets out of hand after a while and i think we need we'd probably live longer if we took less medication like like you said i'm not opposed to it i think there are times when it's a must but i think we're at a point in, in our especially in western culture where we're just constantly popping pill for everything i mean my gosh you go down the aisle at walmart and you see a hundred different types of ibuprofen with extra little things added to it because (laughs) it's supposed to help your back and it's supposed to help this and it's supposed to help something else. They've really fooled us into thinking that that's the way to go rather than, you know, see someone like you. And and I actually think I'm going to say this. I may actually reach out to you because as Victoria will tell you, I have the worst time sleeping through the night. And when I say sleeping through the night, I don't mean waking up at two and then going back to sleep. I mean, waking, going to bed at 10, waking up at midnight, 1215, 1245, one o'clock, etc., all the way through the night. I'd love to, to uh, talk to you about that and see how you can help with that because it drives me nuts when I can't get a good night's sleep. I can well understand that. And sleep is incredibly important. You know, it's just important to say before we close that it's not either or. Very often it's a combination 
of both modalities. What we have to do is establish balance in our medical model. Treat the mind, treat the body, treat the symptoms and the cause. And when you do that, it's much easier to heal and you get a much happier, healthier human being. So yeah, I'd love to come back and, and we can certainly discuss that anytime you want. Awesome. Well, now that you've successfully blown my mind for the second guest episode in a row, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.